welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. How's it going, everyone? And John. What's up? Soylent Green is people, right? And no matter how many dystopian novels or movies I watch, it always seems that like the way of the future is food that is unidentifiable muck in a bag or a can. A powder. Yum. Delicious. Gotta love some adult baby food. I wouldn't feed this stuff to my baby. But before we get into the culinary quirks of today's entirely appetizing product, here's a bit of a palate cleanser, an ad that also features my voice. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you met at a networking event? HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help. Well, in the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Also, you can scale support and drive revenue and retention. Visit HubSpot.com slash service so you can do more with your customers today. So today's product, we have Proper Good. And Proper Good is brought to us by Christopher and Jennifer, who are siblings. And these founders are asking for $400,000 for 10% in their business, which is a $4 million valuation. Now, it's a lot. Yeah. So we've got a high valuation. We've got a bit of an interesting product, which we were hinting at with today's intro. Okay, so proper good meals are these conveniently packaged, ready in 90 seconds meals that, you know, I'm getting Sweeney Todd. It's giving Sweeney Todd because they rolled up with, you know, French accoutrement. They had powdered wigs on and these big old dresses. And they're selling us these products that are a bit like questionable meat in sacks. Mm. It's like these sacks of food that are shelf-stable for eight months, and they ship to you directly. (laughs) Jory, I have a feeling you've loved this product. (laughs) Questionable meat in sacks? That is a (laughs) vibrant description. The morbid. How would you describe this product? It's like- It's soup in a bag. They're meals to go. Their meals to go. Yeah. It's just dried food in a bag and you add water and microwave it 90 seconds later. Right. And they call it proper good, which makes you think it's good instead of what it actually is, which is probably horrible. It's very on brand because they're both British, right? So proper good, mm. very good. Yeah, proper. But mm. I definitely have done this product into service with this intro. But thinking about our pitch and our product and our founders, what are our initial thoughts about this conveniently packaged meal on the go? You guys may hate me for this, but I don't think it's that bad of a concept. Mm. Okay. As someone who doesn't take as much time as she should to cook during the day, and I like things that are quick and accessible and easy, this is kind of right up my alley. And when you think about food subscription industries like HelloFresh, it's always catered towards two people for like the minimum size. And when you are a single person living alone, it's nice to have something that's very quick, convenient, and is properly portion size. So I actually think when you can look past the meat in a bag analogy, Jory, that you so (laughs) lovely painted for us, there is a market there. I think when people think about subscription-based meals or frozen food, they want something that feels fresh and knowing that it's good for them. I think they're on to something. Is there no preservatives in this? Mm. They've got dried meatballs in a bag. And they're ready in 90 seconds. And so I'm getting preservative vibes. I'm getting kind of nasty vibes. I'll be honest. I agree, Ariel. I share your problem, which is that the idea of taking a lot of time, especially during the work week, to plan, prepare, 
execute and clean up Mm -hmm. is a lot of work. My problem with this product in particular was actually much more the execution of it. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple things that freaked me out about the execution. One is just, I don't know, the dehydrated dried food. When I was like six years old, I loved space ice cream. Mm -hmm. Did you ever try space ice cream? Oh, is that the frozen nitro? It's like spongy. I used to think it was amazing. Turns out it just tastes like styrofoam. It's really bad. (laughs) But as a kid, I thought it was amazing. And this just like, it was giving me off those vibes for me. Number two, 90 seconds. That's freaky. 90 seconds is too short to prepare a meal. I think it's pretty well known that when you actually put some amount of work into something, you tend to value it a lot more. You think it tastes better. People tend to value putting work into things. And I think that actually contributes to like people thinking that a meal is good is feeling like you did like just enough work. Mm -hmm. I think their biggest problem is going to be that this market has already passed. Hmm. I mean, this was a market that in 2010 to 2015 was one of the most funded categories. Hundreds of millions of venture capital dollars went into these subscription meal service companies, the Blue Aprons and the HelloFreshes. There are a bunch of others, mm-hmm. Plated, like all these companies. Almost none of them are left. They've all been either acquired for not a lot of money or their stock has crashed and burned like Blue Apron. Because what they learned was that it costs a lot of money to acquire people. And in order to justify the cost of that acquisition, you need really high retention. You need really high lifetime value. And the challenge with that. So if you want to keep your customer acquisition costs low, you have to go to a much bigger audience than a smaller audience because it's really expensive to serve ads to a very small audience that's super targeted. Mm -hmm. But the more you do that, the less likely you are to have high LTV. And so you Mm -hmm. kind of end up on this spiral where it's like, oh, geez, in order to keep my customer acquisition costs low, I've got to go out to all these people. But then those people don't have good retention characteristics, which means you actually need to get more people in the door, which means you need to go even wider. And it just becomes this like downward spiral. So I think there's just some fundamental market dynamic challenges to this category and particular that will be a real problem for them. And I mean, we see that play out as they start to unpack their own numbers, because at first you're like, oh, this is kind of interesting. You know, you can buy one of these packages for $7. It has free delivery. Like, what's wrong with that? They're having a 65 gross margin. But as the sharks start to unpack how this business is doing, you know, they're burning $80,000 a month. And even though they have like year to date a million dollars of sales, they're losing money on customer acquisition at $32 a customer. I think my bigger worry is that if you basically want to like really get a return on your investment in this business, you've got to get up to 40 million in revenue, probably something like that. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, wow, I need a lot, a lot, a lot of customers and I need them to have really high retention. Mm -hmm. And I also think that this market of people who have this problem, I think they're probably all a little jaded. I think everybody tried a Blue Apron or a HelloFresh at some point. And so I think a lot of people are just kind of like, yeah, that online D2C meal kit thing is just not for me. The Sharks started to think about what are the implications of this product for people that like to travel or like truckers. So it actually seemed that they could go in many different directions. If you could technically market to many different personas or industries, how do you know which one to choose first? I think in terms of understanding which target audiences to lean into, look first to the data that you have lean into those areas and then build kind of a strategy based off of where those people typically gather. I would actually consider maybe not going direct to consumer. Like I might consider Mm -hmm. then being like, okay, well, I'm going to go through a wholesale channel and that's just the way we're going to distribute this. And we're going to be alongside other products in the store. So you do everything different. You're like, we don't do the D2C thing. So we don't have to do performance marketing. 
And we're going to be super explicit in our packaging and everything about who we're for, be it truckers or college kids or whatever. Or just in tech company kitchens for a meal on the go. (laughs) But a major moment in this episode was also Mark saying, you know, I like this product, but in order for me to get on board, you have to change literally everything, like your messaging, your marketing. And granted, in my defense, if they didn't want me to think Sweeney Todd, they shouldn't have walked up with this completely random (laughs) set of costumes. They already have a British accent. The proper good thing didn't need to be reinforced by like 15th century costuming. But, you know, founders make choices all the time. Who am I to judge? It's fine. They have this name in their mind that they're really set on, which is like proper good and being (laughs) British. And they're trying so hard. And I think that's where the branding fails. Because when you look at the actual packaging, the font, it's very fun. It's playful. It's light. It feels fresh. The fact that they're using a lighter color palette, like it feels like something that will pop out on the shelf. They were trying so hard to make this whole image of it's properly good for you. Like it kind of reminds me almost of like the poopery. (laughs) Great poopon. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I feel like they were trying to go for that kind of shtick and that angle a little bit, Mm -hmm. which I don't think translates really well into grocery. So I actually disagree with Mark's comment there. I think they could probably do some tweaking with the name, maybe not proper good. Maybe they own into the fact that they are prepackaged soup as opposed to trying to make it feel good. In fact, if you just go into the soup category, that might actually do better for them. Right. Instead of being yeah. like we're 90 second meals, it's like 90 second soup. You're like, oh, I get it. I'm I, like, I'm already pre-trained that like cup of noodles is an option for me. But I know that cup of noodles is going <laughs> to probably take a few years <laughs> off my life, you know. <laughs> Well, ultimately, a deal was made with Mark, and while he had initially asked for $400,000 for 20% of the business, our founders got a little negotiation out of this deal and were able to bargain him down to 20% for $400,000. So despite some initial hesitance towards this whole meal-in-a-bag thing, they did walk away with the Shark Tank deal. That's incredible. That's pretty good. It's proper. Proper good. (laughs) It's kind of good. It's kind of moderately good. (laughs) It's fine. So I have a proper update on this company. So remember the whole Shark Tank deal? It never went through. Oh. So I know it was a handshake deal. But as a clout bonus, during the week that the episode aired, they actually sold 3.5 months worth of soup. Nice. As of August 2022, their revenue was on track for $2 million a year, Mm -hmm. which is a proper profit. And they are currently... In Walmart. Oh. So they have broken into that grocery into the store. Game. Yep, category. Huh. So not very on brand with the whole British thing, but you know, on brand for the whole profit thing. So <laughs> we love that. Proper growth. <laughs> Proper growth. <laughs> Today's episode was written and produced by the mythical Matthew Brown. Additional support comes from Melanie Romero and editing from Robert Hartwig. If you're a fan of the show, meh, even if you're not a fan of the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to support the show. That does it for me. We'll see you next episode here in the tank for another bite. Create Like the Greats, hosted by Ross Simmons, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each episode hosts an in-depth analysis of some of the greatest creations and creators of all time, along with deep dive conversations on the creative process that went into building companies and brands. If you like learning about history or learning about the creative process, you'll like this podcast. Listen to Create Like the Greats wherever you get your podcasts.